going out there and just enjoying the game for what it is, especially in a game where failure is so prominent. Being able to go out there and enjoy every aspect of it is just going to help you across the board in every way. Welcome to episode 193 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. 2022 won't just be remembered for the triumphant return of a normal season in the Western Canadian Baseball League. In the capital, it'll be remembered as the first season with the Edmonton Riverhawks of the West Coast League. In the ultra-competitive North Division, the Riverhawks made a push for the second-half pennant, falling just short during the final weekend and finishing with an overall record of 25-28. and 28. Several hometown products were able to crack the roster, including outfielder Clayton LaRanger. The Sherwood Park native was outstanding hitting 365 with two home runs, 30 runs batted in, and 27 stolen bases in 47 games, en route to being named a WCL first-team All-Star. We caught up with 5'11", 195-pound Stephen F. Austin State University senior recently to talk about his summer and what it meant to be a part of the inaugural season as a hometown hero. Clayton, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. What a year you had with the Riverhawks. Fourth in the league in average, eighth in runs scored, third in hits, tied for second in doubles, 13th in RBI, and third in stolen bases. Numbers speak for themselves, but how do you feel about your performance? I'm really happy with uh, how I did this summer. Um, I think that it was kind of a, a breakout summer for me, um, and hopefully I'm going to roll that into uh, the college season. What was it that was working for you? I think um, the thing I've always struggled with is the mental side of the game. And I think a lot of people struggle with the mental side of the game. Um, so in the past, one bad series would turn into a bad week, which would turn into a bad month. Um, so this summer, I really tried to focus on um, kind of appreciating where I am uh, trying to have as most the most fun possible and not uh, putting too much pressure on performance because usually you get into a slump, you have a bad game, uh, you put a lot of pressure to perform the next game and then it just it's a snowball effect from there. So I think trying not to take it too seriously um, really helped me just enjoy the game and it, it, it definitely um, helped me to perform better. Did someone point you in that direction or was that something that you personally kind of had to guide yourself through that or walk us through that, that eureka th moment for you? I think it was a self-realization. Um, this past um, college season, I noticed I had like a really bad month and I kind of tried to pick apart what, why that month was so bad. It wasn't anything in my swing. Well, obviously there were some adjustments that needed to be made, but it wasn't too mechanical or I think it was just not going out there and just enjoying the game for what it is, especially in a game where failure is so prominent. Mm -hmm. um, being able to go out there and enjoy every aspect of it uh, is just going to help you across the board in every way, so... Mm -hmm. obviously disappointing not getting into the playoffs with the river hawks this summer but quite the second half that the team had um talk about that group and the run you had and getting to be a part of uh, of all the fun well i think with uh this team 
um, especially early in the year, you know, you had a lot of uh, different pieces coming in at different times. Uh, so rotating guys in that weren't there from the start and that it, it uh, can affect, you know, some team chemistry, like uh, some of the lineup chemistry. But once we, everybody got there, everybody kind of settled in, um, people were able to, you know, get their swings right. Pitchers were able to get their pitches right. And then I think we kind of just molded as a group and kind of ran from there. So uh, it was a really good second half for us. Absolutely. And it's your hometown team, essentially. You're a Sherwood Park kid. What did that mean to you and to be able to be a part of it in the Riverhawks inaugural season as well? I think that was one of the most important things to me. I grew up watching um, the Cracker Cats, the Capitals, the Trappers. Um, So I think being able to play in that same stadium that I grew up going to every summer um was really important and then especially um getting a lot of support from fans from sure park you know the kids from sure park uh it was all it was pretty cool to for them to kind of look up to me it was a really fun experience i'm a big believer in if you can see it you can be it so how cool is that knowing that you're the alberta kid you're signing the autographs for the kids you're having those conversations with them and they're wanting to maybe be you one day Oh yeah, that's. I think that's probably the most rewarding part about being uh, on this team, is uh, you know each kid is so excited to be there. They're excited to meet you, um, and I don't see myself as some uh, big, you know, figure or anything. But uh, to them, it's a it's a really good experience. So just trying to take the time and maybe, you know, give them the love for the game that I have. Um, is really, really important to me. Not just influencing the young kids, but even influencing your teammates and and that as well, I assume, because uh, as the first team to come through Edmonton with the Riverhawks, you're kind of setting the bar for next teams and maybe getting, you know, some some recruiting efforts underway to bring up the next team and next year's team kind of thing. Walk us through those kinds of conversations and almost being a bit of an ambassador of Canadian baseball and Alberta baseball and, and Riverhawks baseball for uh, for those kids who might be thinking about it next summer. Yeah, um, it's it, the season was not without its uh, its uh, struggles. Um, being a first year organization, there were some a uh, couple difficulties, especially with travel and that. But I think just seeing um, how every other team reacted when they came to Remax Field, um, I don't think they're going to have any trouble recruiting in the future um, with that type of facility in a summer baseball league. Um, it's kind of second to none. Um, so in the future, they're probably going to have no problem recruiting. But for me personally, I kind of took it on my upon myself to kind of make uh, Edmonton a good place to be for um, especially the American guys, you know, guys that don't get to go home for the summer. So I think trying to make it uh, be a friend first, I think, was really important um, when – uh, associating with the guys in the locker room. Talk a little bit about the the atmosphere in that stadium. I mean, there were some pretty good upgrades that were made there. Obviously, there's an excitement in the air about this new team. What was it like being uh, on the field and, and seeing that aspect of things play out? Oh, with the brand new stadium, you know, you got the big, um, the big board now out and left. Um, you got a brand new turf field, and I think... Uh, 
Canada Day, we had close to 8,000 um, fans. So it's it's really something to be a part of, especially when you're on the field, especially when you you're all eyes are on you, you know, for an at bat or whatever it may be. But it, it is definitely an experience that you, you won't forget. We'll get into the uh, what's to come a little bit later on, but I wanted to go back here a little bit. Uh, like like I mentioned, you're originally from Sherwood Park. Walk us through growing up in that community and the baseball scene there. So growing up uh, playing for the Sherwood Park Athletics, you know, I was with that organization the whole time. Uh, never really had a bad experience um, in minor baseball. And but back when I was younger, baseball wasn't, um, the thing to be playing. It wasn't the sport to be playing. It was hockey, but it's cool to have grown up and seen how the game has grown, especially in Alberta. Like when I was younger, there was nobody committing to big schools in the States. There was not many people going to college in the States. Um, but now it's, it's commonplace for uh, an Alberta baseball player to be going somewhere to play uh, school, to play at school in the States. So um, that's really good to see. Mm -hmm. Were you a multi-sport guy growing up? Oh yeah. I I played hockey up until I was about 13 or so. I think I played volleyball, basketball in high school. So yeah. Very cool. What was it about baseball that made you say, you know what, this is the one I want to chase. You know, I think, I think it came down to, it was the one I was most interested in. Um, it had the most appeal to me and I can't quite put a finger on why, but it was just, it was easily the most appealing to me. Did you have a favorite, uh, major league team or player growing up? Yeah. Oddly, it was the Pittsburgh pirates. Yeah. Um, oddly indeed. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I think that was a big part, a uh, big part of the reason was Andrew McCutcheon, Starlin Marte, guys like that. So. When did it flip for you? Do you remember that moment when you realized that, okay, this is what I'm going to chase, and not only that, that it's more than just a fun game to play. Like, hey, maybe I can go a little further with this and maybe chase that college dream. I think it, it, really, um, it really got to me when you received that first uh, email or call from a college coach. Um, when, you, when you get that, no matter what the level it is, um, it really starts, you start thinking about this could be a real possibility, take this game further. And I think so receiving that first um, call from a college coach really kind of made me um, think that this could be a part of my future. You were a Prospects Academy product. What did that program mean to you in your development as a ball player? Well, I, I was a part of that program probably since the time I was 10 to 12. Um, so they're a very uh, big reason in my, or a big part of my development uh, as a baseball player. And, you know, it's a program where I came in at 12 years old, but I was, you know, I was watching guys in high school about to go to college every day, seeing how they work. And I think it was, you know, it's just a really good um, kind of family to be a part of. Mm -hmm. From there, it was off to Cloud County. Talk a bit about your time there and some of the highlights and, and that that uh, that ring true in your in your memory. Well, 
<laughs> I'm never, I'm never going to say junior college is easy, but, uh, it was, you know, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to do, uh, go to a junior college. Um, they, they don't hold back. Let's just say that. Um, but you know, I loved my two years there. Unfortunately, the second year got cut short because of COVID, but, um, we were the first team in school history to host a regional and then to make the uh, regional tournament. So that was uh, pretty special to be a part of. Um, but yeah, I think I love my two years at cloud and uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back and change it at all. One guy that has the connection, not only to the Edmonton area, but obviously cloud as well. Eric Sabrowski, when I mention his name, what comes to mind for you? I think uh, he was, I would call him the gateway into, you know, we had five or six guys from the Edmonton area that got to Cloud County. And I would say that is largely um, due to how he performed there, um, uh, how he established that relationship with uh, the coach. So I think he really helped uh, the rest of us get to uh, Cloud. Very cool. From there, you headed to SFA. It's been a weird couple of years, to say the very least, with the pandemic. Walk us through your experience in trying to deal with that while also trying to chase the baseball dream in college. Oh, well, you know, it, it really it cut down practice times. It cut down workout times. Um, we weren't allowed to be around as many people in a team setting. Um, we were going in Mondays at 5 30 a.m to do covid tests we had to uh, we had to do covid questionnaires every single day so it was it was definitely difficult to try and focus on baseball with all that uh with everything else going around um but it it was something that just had to be done you know uh you had to balance school baseball and now you had to take into account covid so um, it was a little difficult at the start, um, but I I figured it out uh, and eventually was able to, you know, put my focus on the things that were most important. Mm -hmm. When you look back on your young career to this point, any personal highlights or moments that made you go, whoa, I can't believe I'm doing this right now? Uh, I think the one uh, that stands out the most is uh, I, hit a, I hit a home run at Globe Life against Oklahoma. And that that really uh, kind of took me back there. Very cool. Conversely, what are some of the biggest obstacles or challenges that you've had to overcome over the years? I think that the biggest, one of the biggest challenges uh, is staying healthy and focusing on, you know, your your body. So it's easy throughout a season for your body to break down and with that your performance drops so it's important i'd tell any youth baseball player it is important to get in the gym as fast as you can because those are the things that are going to help you in the last month last month and a half of the season where where your body can really start to break down on you when you look back on it Talk about some of those influential characters. I think your mom might be one of them, but uh, walk us through some of those people who have just made an absolute difference in, in not just your baseball life, but your personal life as well. Yeah, my mom is definitely, uh, my mom and dad are definitely 
my biggest supporters. Uh, they, they support me in anything uh, that I do. Um, I think one of the most influential figures would have to be my brother. He's the one who, who got me into baseball, was playing catch with me in the backyard. We were hitting off the tee. So he's the one who kind of helped uh, develop the love for the game. And then fast forwarding a bit, I think Taylor Burns uh, is one of definitely the most influential uh, individuals in my baseball career. Uh, he took so much time uh, to work with me, uh, get me in the gym, um, make sure I had everything I needed in order uh, to be the best player I could. The reason I brought up your mom was because she may be one of our biggest supporters for dugout stories on social media. Oh, yeah. and so a big shout out to her for, for all <laughs> she does for us as well. Uh, a couple of fun ones here as well for you here, Clayton. If you weren't focusing on baseball, what would you likely be doing with your time? Um, I would definitely be working on my golf swing a lot. <laughs> That would probably be one of the one of the biggest priorities. I need to dial in that golf swing. Uh, on that same vein, uh, where do you think your career path would take you if you weren't trying to chase the baseball dream? Do you have something else, like whether it's what you're studying in school or whatever the case may be, that you're you're quite passionate about? Yeah, so I'm a criminal justice major, so I think that um, I would probably be trying to get in with Edmonton Police Service. Um, and the end goal is to eventually work up to uh, something specialized like uh, canine or a detective or something like that. So I'd probably be putting a lot of focus into that. Very cool. What was it about policing and criminal justice that made you go, that's something I want to chase? Well, we have some family members that are uh, RCMP officers. My brother is a peace officer right now. Um, so I feel like uh, he's popped up a lot in my uh life story i feel like i don't know he influences me a lot so you know following him into that also awesome uh your instagram bio has a quote that reads don't expect nobody to believe in your dream it's it it it, it wasn't theirs in the first place what's that mean to you so i think that uh, in anything you do you need to be self-sufficient you can't you can't rely on anybody else's sport you may have supporters but they they don't know what your end goal is they don't know they don't know the work you've put in when no one's looking so i think to me it means that at the end of the day i have myself i have what i'm capable of i can't expect anything from anybody else basically mm -hmm. what is that end goal for you what would what's kind of next on your baseball to-do list i think that the next thing is to play professional baseball. I think that um, it's something that I can do, uh, whether it be uh, after a draft or a free agent contract or in an independent league. And I think that um, that's a real possibility for me at this point. So I'm looking at uh, options into that. So, What do you think you have to do to get yourself to that next step, on, on whether it's from a game perspective, whether it's from a, a mental or physical perspective? What kinds of things do you plan to work on over the next little while here? I think I, I, I really just need to stay the course. Um, you know, with the, the summer I had uh, this summer, I, I obviously there's always room for improvement. Um, but I think I just have to stay true to my game. Um, I'm not a massive power hitter. Um, 
So I'm 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 a, I'm a guy who hits for average. I'm a guy who gets base hits, runs the base as well. So I think just sticking to my game. Where I get in trouble is when I start thinking I need to hit balls over the fence. I need to hit balls in the gap every single swing. And that's just not who I've ever been as a player. And it's not who I need to be as a player. I feel like self-awareness might be a, a key point in the next uh, your next answer to this question. Uh, it's one that we've we've started asking a lot of young athletes, is uh, especially as you come back to, to Sherwood Park or to Edmonton and you're talking to those kids who are maybe asking for an autograph, asking for advice, that kind of thing. What would be your piece of advice for those 12, 13, 14-year-old kids who might be making that decision to chase the baseball dream? I think that my piece of advice would be that to go somewhere – that fits you. You know, a lot of people get caught up um, in sort of the hype of going to a big school or going to a playoff contender every year, but it doesn't do you any good when you're going to that school and sitting on the bench or redshirting. So I think you need to find somewhere that you're going to play, you're going to develop, and if, if you have a good season, someone will find you. It doesn't matter if you're somewhere in the states if you're in the ccbc um if you're if you're a good enough player someone will find you so go somewhere where you're going to play and not necessarily the one with the most glamour i guess great advice final question for you here clayton before we let you go what does the game of baseball mean to you um i think it it's been such a large part of my life that um, I'm starting to realize now that uh, it's kind of part of my personality. Um, I think it's been a way for me. I've made so many friends, so many lifelong friends over the years. I have friends from Sherp Park. I have friends from Kansas. I now have friends from Texas. Um, guys that, you know, are going to be eventually invited to my wedding and such. So I think to me it has been a large portion of my life partially because of how much I love the game, how much it, it means to me, but also the, the connections with people that I've made over the years. Great stuff, Clayton. Well, congratulations again on a great season with the Riverhawks and on the career to this point. We wish you continued success going forward. And thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Clayton Loranger for joining us this week, and thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you like this or any other episode, leave us a rating and review on your podcast app to help spread the word about ADS. We'd also like to thank our Platinum supporters for everything they do for baseball in Alberta. The Oak Tokes Dogs are 2022 WCBL champions after beating Moose Jaw in the final last week. Check them out at dogsbaseball.ca. And AHP Academy has become a force to be reckoned with in the Edmonton region by being devoted to driven athletes. Learn more about them at ahpbaseball.com. Until next time, thank you for all your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.